0: Of the Three Wise Guys Podcast. It's your boy, Arya. I'm here with Luke. And that's about it today. <laughs> that's about it today. It's funny. We were supposed to have a guest on today. And it just... Okay, so for those of you who are unaware, I'm in New York. Um and I've been helping my cousin move for the past few days, and we don't have Wi-Fi. So I kindly requested if we could do it a little bit earlier in the day. And Luke was a gem. He was able to do it, but nobody else was available for this time. <laughs> so we're just we're roughing it out here. Uh, but you know what, Luke? We've had so many good conversations, just the two of us, so I'm actually just really happy to, to, to do this episode.
1: Yeah and for those who don't know um our our other co-host Dilapo, is actually making the very exciting transition as we speak to Toronto. Like I called him maybe Ooh. an hour ago and he was in the ride share and he's like yeah, I'm on my way and yeah, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting in the coming like weeks and months, you know, there's going to be a lot more of a like in-person degeneracy happening. Um but yeah, like next week, you know, back to the regular scheduled content sort of thing. Nice. Um, but yeah, man, bro. So I guess like one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about today was, you know, man's have been, um, going out on some excursions recently. <laughs> and can I? yeah, and, Actually, uh, wait, wait. We- can I, can I,
0: sorry, can I say one thing? This, I yeah. just want to get this off my chest before we, before we say anything else. Um, I know we're like, we don't really have a crazy big following right now, but I, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention this, but I just want to thank all of the lovely, lovely staff, um, at the Trillium Health Partners Hospital. Um, you know, my dad had an operation last week. He's good. You know, he's recovered. Everything is like doing well. He's, he's going to set to go home tomorrow, but, um, wonderful staff, wonderful, uh, Dr. Jazz. Um, thank you so much. Um, Really appreciate you um, for keeping my dad safe, and that's it. That's 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 it for me. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I did want to get that out before we before we go any deeper down any other conversation.
1: No, that's dope, though. Well, I, I feel like um, you know with the whole healthcare thing, I have personally had a few negative experiences with the healthcare system. You know, just um, with yeah. like some of our personal interactions, but. Um, I think at the root of it, you know, everyone in that kind of line of work has a very, very good intent. And because I think like the fact of the matter is if you're a healthcare worker, it's very hard work, no matter like what you're doing. And mm, it's very sure. hard to kind of make that your career if you don't have some sort of caring, loving nature, sort of just wanting to give back to people. So man, like shout out to healthcare workers, you know, like. Shout out. Um, Big shout out. It's awesome. Don't know where it'd be without you. But yeah, sorry. Uh, continue, Luke.
0: Yeah, you've been on a few excursions, yeah? What kind of excursions is these?
1: Okay, so (laughs) the the type of excursions is not very important, but um, something I've been noticing recently, so like, you know, Aria and I have been going to some social events. We've been going out with some friends recently. I've also been hanging out with some some people um, recently as well. And I've just been starting to notice, man, like I'm starting to get this like whole essence of like, like I guess that's the the topic I want to bring up is like what is the purpose of life or like why are we kind of alive? Um, I was kind of just thinking about this idea of you know recently, as, as you guys know, we always talk about our cultures a lot, and I was kind of thinking about how in Asian cultures this is all, or at least not Asian culture, but I would say like in a lot of immigrant immigration culture. There's always this like idea of life being set by checkpoints and goals. So it's like by this age you should do this, by this age you should do that. So that's like on a more macro level, but on a more micro level, it's like a day to day too, right? The purpose of today was gonna go. We're gonna go out for dinner, and after dinner we're gonna do this and this and this. Um, But I was kind of like, you know, like yesterday I was just chilling downtown. I was like in a park. I was hanging out with someone, and we were just like kind of like people watching. And I was just thinking, like, it's so like dope kind of the natural organic exposure that people have with each other. It's like I was kind of thinking about how there was two groups there and like neither of those groups expected the other group of people to be there but then they started you know, to talk and laugh and kind of interact and I was kind of thinking about like to me that's kind of more of the essence of life. Like kind of that organic very natural interaction, This the slice of life moments that happen instead of like not necessarily like just these planned very like Check marked moments. Um, so I guess like all this to say, you know, like people I, again, like people are the reason why we live. But I've been starting to notice more of these like organic things instead of like thinking about like we should do this and this and this and this and this, and this sort of thing. Okay, I just yeah. realized I didn't even ask a question. I kind of just ran no, you, but I kind of I kind of get
0: what you're saying. You're you're like you're on the vibe of yeah, like why are we here? Like what like what do we do here? Because at the end of the day is we're all just doing different things. We're just kind of crossing each other's paths. We're just trying to make a life for ourselves. So to be honest, you can you can answer that question easy, right? Like, what is your purpose? Oh, my purpose is to do one of many goals that humans can set for themselves that are achievable hmm. throughout life, right? But I feel like you're also asking on a more abstract level because you did bring up this whole idea of social interaction. I definitely do believe that one of the biggest drivers, and the, just the fact of just how we're able to be alive still, is through socialization. Mm-hmm. Um, everything that's productive to us is achievable because of socialization. You're not able to reproduce without socializing. You're not able to uh, get productive work done for the most part without socialization. You're not able to go nuts, or you know, prevent yourself from going, you know, full psycho. Uh, without socialization. And we've seen this, you know, like you just look at the, the past year with, with the pandemic, for example. I hate to bring this up so much because I really just don't like talking about it too much. We've been talking about it so much, but mm. just the fact that it's so big, it's, it's relevant to everything. But you look, we've been locked in, you know, socializations at an all-time low and suicides are at an all-time high um so you know like it's such an integral such an important part just to socialize and to your point of like yeah you you people watch you you see how people interact differently man i was just i was so yesterday at night you know i was just chilling i went out you know to the to the front yard i went out for a smoke and um so i'm i'm staying in in bushwick um, it's just like this this neighborhood in uh, in Brooklyn. Um, it's way deeper than like the closest neighborhood would be like Williamsburg, but it's way deeper. Um, you know it it looks rough but it's actually a very lovely neighborhood um and you know there's one of the one of the neighbors uh his name is sammy i've already met him had a few conversations with him he's a really awesome dude he's puerto rican um and last night i guess he had his family over you know they were they were drinking they were having fun so i'm I'm out i'm having a smoke and then um i just hear like yelling but it wasn't like angry yelling. It was just like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, like we're, we're joking around, you know, like there were jokes thrown around, there was laughs thrown around, you know, like different languages, you know, they're jumping in and out of Spanish. And, you know, like the kids are running, the mom and the mom's like, you know, like don't stop running, you know, like, sorry, like stop running, you know, like don't, don't mm-hmm. do this. And at one point, they're just like going back and forth, you know, they're making jokes with each other, they're yelling. Like this is the whole neighborhood I can hear this, by the way. They are not next to each other like sammy's <laughs> at his crib and then like his family like parked down uh down the street and they're just like yelling and i'm just like i'm soaking in this whole conversation and it's crazy because like you know like i i my family does interact and joke with each other but not like that and it's mm. you're able to see like how fluid socialization is and how important it is because we all just take it in a different way similar to like how i mentioned i guess with you know, the purposes in life and, and how you wanna how you wanna achieve your goals in life, everyone's gonna have something different. And everyone's gonna achieve it a different way. And it kind of works the same way with socialization, but you always with socialization, you always achieve the same end goal. And that's just to kind of like boost happiness, to provide a sense of belonging, to find a sense of worth, you know, not just within yourself, but within a group of people. Um, I guess that's yeah, like that's my two cents on that right away. I guess yeah, like I don't know what you think yeah. of, of everything. I just went off on a tangent, to be honest. Uh,
1: but uh, that's how uh, we yeah. start every pod, bro. We always like every I, single one. <laughs> I've, I've noticed this, like and because like again, like obviously I, I have to listen to our shit just because I have to find clips for social media. But like, and also I, I like listening to our content to be honest. Just looking back and like being like, oh wow, I thought that last November. <laughs> uh, but you know, like <laughs> I feel like all of our podcasts are on this little tangent, but actually like in your little spiel kind of allowed me to gather my thoughts a little bit, which is like, I feel like the real reason I wanted to bring this up was, you know, early during the pandemic, uh, when it first hit, I was I I did remember I was feeling very down. Um, Part of that was because, you know, I was just coming out of a relationship. But I think like just this past little couple weeks have kind of shown me why because honestly, like being around people is really awesome. Like it really is. And like, you know, like, To be completely honest, like I don't necessarily think myself as an extrovert. Like I think I'm more introverted than extroverted. But I think like even though I can recognize being around people requires a lot of effort, it's just something that to me is so fun. Like, you know, like the past couple of weeks, I've been, you know, like going to a couple of parties, going on a few dates, and you know. Some of the dates, like most of the dates didn't like really turn out super well, like the vibe, maybe it just wasn't there 100%. But even then, like it was still just a good time, you know, like getting to know someone like hanging out with people, having things flow very organically. And it kind of made me realize like why, you know, at least in the beginning of the pandemic, I was feeling very down, like, it just kind of felt like that was being taken away. And especially like at our age, like I kind of felt like, oh, like, you know, like, we're young, like for a certain amount of period in life. And like, now we can't have that. And... I don't know. It's just it's just it's just awesome that things are kind of opening up and like it's allowing for this organic like exposure again. You know, like I was thinking about like uh maybe a couple of weeks ago we were talking about, oh, are people gonna be able to socialize when things open up? But you know, like I was walking around downtown a lot of people were like, oh nice sure. And like they were just like talking to me randomly. And I was like, Oh, yeah. that's 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 like pretty awesome, you know, just like you being able to see me. And like I found myself like, you know, like feeling and re- reflecting a little bit too, where it's like like, you know, like downtown Toronto, same with downtown Ottawa. There's some like interesting people, oh, yeah. <laughs> but like oh, yesterday, yeah. instead of like when they like kind of come up to me and talk to me, instead of being like, yo, get the fuck away from me. I was kind of like, Hey, I kind of like miss you. Like to be honest, yeah. like even though you're, <laughs> even though you're kind of weird and crazy, like I kind of like still miss that. So yeah. man, like shout out to people, bro. Like the, that organic like interaction is awesome. Yeah, man.
0: People can be your worst enemy or your best friend, literally. Um, it's, uh, it's funny, actually, like, so yeah, Luke and I, uh, for everyone who, who doesn't know Luke and I, the past, like, month, we, uh, we just every single Saturday, we've been doing something new or like two new things or, or whatever. <laughs> like, I, yeah, there was one that we, <laughs> we started out by like, going to a, a water park in the rain um, for like our friend's birthday. And then that evening, we went to like a backyard party. And that was pretty wild. Yeah, Luke, I hope you remember that night. Uh. <laughs> like the week after we, we hit up, like we did like a pool party and then we went to like the tequila bar like you guys saw um, in the last episode. So it's been really, really awesome getting back into the groove. And honestly, Luke, to your point, I agree. People are actually like jumping right back into socialization. No problem. Um, I saw it like a little bit, I guess. Um You know, because things started to open up before I left. Um, And now that I'm, to be honest, now that I'm here in New York, it's actually so interesting because they've been open for a few months now. And it's just. Seeing how like the past few months have affected people in terms of like getting back into it, um, I see like our trajectory kind of going the same way. You know, like people are very nonchalant. The people are, you know, the, the, this is not like too much of a concern to them. I understand, you know, like some parts of the world actually are getting rocked by um, whatever new variant I guess is is present. Um, but I mean, there's, the US, there's very little notice. worries. US, honestly, I. I think we we saw like a map the other day and like Europe's getting rocked hard. Like oh. hard. Harder than the US. Like badly. Um so I hope everyone there is okay. But just to just to kind of gauge you know like how socialization is working like i went to like three four different parties on saturday and like everyone there was like so nice and you know they're ready to meet you they're ready to like talk to you and it's not just because they're on drugs and they're drunk you know it's just because like they're, <laughs> they, they, well that could be part of it but like they're, they're ready you know what i mean it's been it's been a long time coming um and yeah to your point just like on the side of the street you know seeing people talking to people uh like I, I don't even live here, you know, and I've already met like two of the neighbors, you know, like we've we talked, we've shook hands, you know, all of that stuff. So, um, I love seeing it, you know, because to, to what you said, I do feel like I have parts of introvert in me. I do think at the end of the day, I'm, I'm a bit more extroverted just cause my fuel is people. My fuel is just social, social events. Um, but it's it's so heartwarming to see. I've honestly missed it so much. And to have it all come back is, I'm grateful. Let's just say that. I'm grateful.
1: Yeah. Not really going to, t- you know, it, it's just like, it really like gives you a little bit of perspective. But I hope like, you know, like one of the reasons we do this podcast is like, you know, I hope like into the future when we like listen back on an episode like this, we kind of just understand like, hey, like, you know, all the shit that we're taking for advantage right now, like, was actually taken away from us at like one point in our life, you know? And we really have to kind of like hold that dear into our heart, sort of thing. Man, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting to kind of like get back into it. I feel like, you know, like, I'm just feeling very alive recently, you know? Like, I feel like I'm in control of my life. I feel like I'm, like, I feel like one of the reasons I feel really good recently too is because I'm, I'm kind of recognizing that I'm in a place where it's not like, ideal but like i'm on the route there like i feel like i've had like times in my life where i feel like you know i'm doing really good stuff but i can't see what the future looks like and that makes me you know stressed i've had times in my life where the future looks very uncertain that makes me stressed but right now it feels like you know i'm just in control of things and like you know things opening up all this stuff like obviously just the social interactions like that's really like him of helping me like you know just appreciate life a little bit recently um but man, like, it's it's just, it's wild, man. And, you know, another thing I kind of wanted to talk about today too was, like, this whole idea of, like, going with the flow, okay? <laughs> so, to be honest, like, okay, me and Aria have this bad rep in, like, our friend, okay, not a bad rep, it's just, like, it's just a rep, it's just a rep, like, it's our a rep in right. our friend group that, like, we, uh, we're, we're planners, so... <laughs> you know like i been our, trying to move away from that i've been trying to move away from that yeah and here's the thing man like honestly like we like it, it's all fun and games but at the same the end of the day like let's be real like we make shit happen like that's why that's why we're called planners so um someone has to do that. <laughs> uh, yeah and and here's the thing right like i think where we are at now we're just responsible planners but honestly there was like a time in my life where like i kind of stressed about like every single aspect of everything like i would like think about Every day, down to the minute details, I would think about, you know, like the long term things in like very vivid details as well. And I personally feel like, as someone now who, you know, doesn't necessarily just go with the flow or doesn't necessarily just plan, I'm at a much more happy medium. So, like, what would you say, like, your approach to like planning out life and slash going with the flow is? Like, are you more of like a planner? Are you more of go with the flow? How do you know when to use either or both sort of thing?
0: Like micro events where it's like, you know, like there's some stuff riding on it, you know, like I'll I'll plan that. But for the most part, in terms of like on a macro scale, like, you know, big picture items, I don't plan nothing really. Um, I didn't plan to, to have the job I have right now. I didn't plan to go to the school that I selected. I didn't plan, um, to, 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 to graduate in four years. Like it could have taken, you know, like five, it could have taken six. Um, I didn't plan any of this stuff. I just kind of like went with it. I didn't plan to, to give up my co-op placements. I just kind of did it. Um, all these things I kind of decided on a whim pretty much. And that's just because I find that I'm able to make the best decisions in the moment. I guess like strategic decisions. I don't okay. I don't know exactly what it's called, but I I I, I was reading something or watching something a while back about um, the the parts of your brain that make decisions and analyze data. And pretty much, there's like multiple parts of your brain that that can make decisions, and then there's parts that make decisions uh, on a whim. And then there's parts that make decisions and it takes a little bit longer. They're more conscious decisions and you have a subconscious decision-making uh, part of your brain. If I can get the details on this, I'll definitely link it. But uh, pretty much what it boiled down to is like one, the part that makes it on a whim, it goes based off of instinct. It's like trusting your gut pretty much. Um, actually, this might even be, I like I haven't read my book in like a week. So maybe I'm forgetting it from there, but it might be in the book. So if it is, I'm going to go back and we're going to talk Damn. about it on the, uh, on the podcast.
1: Um, Book review is coming up, bro. Book review is coming up. It's coming up, bro. And
0: I I will get details, but in a nutshell, basically, the part of your your brain that, that is like gut feeling, it's going based off of instinct. It's going off of like subconscious like data processing in your brain. And you're actually able to make better decisions pretty much because there's a lot of different factors that roll into your brain when you take longer to make a decision. And those kind of cloud your judgment. So you're not able Mm -hmm. to make the clearest decision. Now, this is not to say that thinking about something is going to lead to a worse outcome. This is only like a scenario, situational thing. Um, And that's kind of like the approach I've taken over my life, at least. So I try not to think too much. I try to, like, if I feel like something's the right decision, if I just feel it. And this part of your brain, actually, it's not responsible for, like, Vocabulary and communicating. That's why it's like okay. gut decisions are kind of hard to explain because this part of your brain that's making the decision actually can't even put together the words to f- tell you how it's feeling. So it's it's kind of almost impossible
1: to to describe it. Um, so here, here's here's my problem with your answer. Right? It's 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 very good. It's very <laughs> it's, it's very thoughtful. It's very like calculated, scientific, some would say. But it's also kind of a cop-out and very like very vague so okay. like why don't you at least give me one example of like a situation where you know it pays to quote-unquote go with the flow and one example of a situation where like it paid to plan like maybe in your own experience like maybe that would help a little bit yeah you know okay I, hey, i'll give you a little bit of time to think about that because i was no, gonna no, say oh yeah sorry yep
0: no 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 like i was like i like i have a couple examples but like if you had something on your mind go
1: okay because I, I was kind of gonna like approach this and from the stance of like i feel like the whole going with the flow versus planning thing i think by that definition i would like completely disagree with planning at this stage of my life because i think planning has this like way of like like it's kind of perceived as like writing down like details and specific things um And I feel like one of the biggest changes I made in my life is instead of like planning, I kind of like set intent, right? So I'll give like a micro and a macro example. So like, for example, a macro example would be like, what do I want to achieve in my career? Now, like young Luke would say like, okay, well, I want to one day own a marketing agency. How would I get there? Okay. So one way to get there would be In the second year of university, I should get a co-op or I should get an internship at a graphic design place, and then I should build a job experience in the following year in social media, and then the year after, I should work for a marketing agency, and then the year after, I should do X, Y, and Z. And with these plans, in 10 years, I'll be able to own a marketing agency, right? And have very specific cadences like saying like, okay, I'm going to do this and this and this and this. I'll get a job. And you can get even more specific, like I'm going to work for this marketing agency, I'm going to get social media experience at this specific company sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be like an example of a macro planning. Now I did think like that at one point. And the fact of the matter is very few times I was able to hit on those precise goals. And when I weren't, weren't able to hit on those precise goals, I became very demoralized, even though my quote unquote alternative plan was actually in some ways just as good or maybe even better. So an approach I would have now is my intent is to own my own business. Now, what am I good at? I would say I'm good at social media. I'm pretty good at media, but I'm also good at other things. You know, I'm good at management. I'm good at planning. I'm good at hosting events. And my overall intent is to own my own business by the time I'm 30. Now, when I make small decisions from my day to day, now I'll kind of take that intent into mind. But I'm not going to think that next year I'm going to work here. So, you know, for example, I have conversations with you and D, and I'll be like. In one year, I hope to perhaps maybe leave my current job and then move on to something else. But you know, that also depends on what happens this year. Like maybe I get a really cool client and I'm like, oh, I'm learning so much. Now I don't want to move. And guess what? That's still going to fall into my current intent of, okay, I'm going to be able to own a marketing agency by the time of 30. So that's why I would say like plan instead of planning, intent is more important. Now I'll give a micro example too, because I think macro, it might be a little bit of a cop out. A micro example would be like going on dates. Now, Mm. I am still a huge proponent of like, if I ask a girl out, I'm going to plan like where we're going to go sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm like at least like a first location. But like in the past, I'll be like, we're going to go here. And then like after we do this, we're going to go here specifically. And like the intent of each place is going to be a little bit different. And then we're going to go here. And then like at each one of those things, like something different will happen right so for example yesterday uh, i went out on a date and you Yay. know there was a specific intent with that date but there wasn't a very like clear plan now i'll give you an example because yesterday on this date at the first place we went to i spilled coffee on myself <laughs> and guess what like <laughs> This was not part of the plan, Of course, right? and you did. If I, of course. You did. <laughs> of course I did. But um, you know, in a very, I guess, like calculated plan, that would have kind of just thrown a wrench into everything. I might have been like very demoralized and be like, "Fuck!" Now we can't go to like this restaurant I planned for us to go to after this coffee shop. Blah blah blah. But you know, I kind of played off as a joke, and then we were like, "Okay, let's just go for a walk." And we went for a walk, and then I was like. Hey, you know what? Like, there's a thrift store up here. Like, I look like shit right now. Let's like, let's go thrifting. So we went thrifting. I bought myself a t-shirt. I got her a t-shirt. And like it turned into this like whole other very like fun and memorable experience. But like that would have never happened if I guess I wasn't quote unquote open to seeing where the day kind of took us. I knew I wanted to spend time with this person. I knew I wanted to take them to multiple different places. And I had a general idea of, you know, maybe three places I would take her. But it wasn't like set in stone sort of thing. So like because of that, it was able to flow and it kind of came out a little bit nicer. Um, so yeah, like I I, I kind of wanted to like just kind of like present this idea of like planning doesn't necessarily have to be like very like calculated down to the minute or the picture. Um, and I guess one of the reasons I wanted to ask you is because I can't actually necessarily see a example now where that type of planning would even be effective.
0: Yeah. Um you know, like from my side of things, I, like I said, I honestly, have never planned big, like strategic decisions in my life. Like I've never like planned it, you know, even to the moment of the job I have right now, I didn't plan that. I, you know, after, I, after, you know, the pandemic started last year, nobody planned that. I had to come back on a, unplanned flight and i had to sit around the house you know while we were moving which was not part of our plan the plan was to be moved like a month earlier right so it's like the thing with plans is like once they're created there's an expectation that's created right and you and i have said this before expectations will lead to disappointment um you know that could be a very morbid way to look at the world but you know I, at least I believe that maybe not in every case, but, you know, I do believe that, um, in general expectations do lead to disappointment. So, you know, Mm. examples of where I haven't planned anything would be like last, like October when I was looking for work, um, you know, I was I was applying to a bunch of places. I don't consider that planning. This is me, like, oh fuck! Now I need a job, so <laughs> I need to fucking figure this out right now. Like, this is just me trying to get a job. So I found a job, right? Um, and it ended up being like a contract job for just five months. Now, if I was a serial planner, I would probably turn down that job. And I would try and find something more stable because I'm like, no, I need a stable job. I need this. But I didn't plan my approach into the job line. You know, I just kind of went and I said, I'm going to go with the flow. Whatever opportunities come my way, uh, I'm going to get them, right? And that's just kind of the attitude that I've adopted. I know it's kind of like a – it's a very aloof way to kind of look at it because – ultimately what happened was we were nearing the end of the contract at the end of the five months and i knew i needed to start looking for work because i had put it off for so long um, and we, we hadn't gotten word if our program was going to extend or not and then one day you know like i got a message in my inbox and they were like oh there's like this job opportunity it's you know sales it's bilingual we think you'd be good like you you want to like call you want to like Let's, let's see if you're a good fit. Um, and I just went with it, you know, and it turned out to be phenomenal. You know, it was like, I, I, I love where I'm at right now. You know, like I love doing the things that I'm doing. I love my team, you know, like this all came out of like a lack of planning pretty much. Um, and then even to like this trip that I'm taking right now, right, I plan so. I planned it to as much as I needed to. So now you're asking for an example of like planning. It's like, okay, I get it. You know, when you're spending a lot of money, when you're going on a trip, there's a lot on the line, right? Especially if you're going abroad, um, there's a lot on the line. You need a plan. Like I got to the airport early and I'm so glad I planned to get to the airport early. I got it. Okay. And Luke, I think this is—I I think I might have told you this a little bit yesterday, but maybe I can tell you a story of how like my planned day just like went down the drain and completely unplanned <laughs> after that. <laughs> so I wake up at—I wake up at four, four in the morning, and I take a shower. I, you know, I get my breakfast in. Um, you know, I, like I read a little bit. Like I'm doing my thing. I'm trying to like be awake, right? And then I leave for the airport at like five fifty. Uh, sorry, five thirty. I get to the airport at five fifty. Um, and immediately I go online. Tell me how it took two hours to get through customs. Like,
1: like you checked your bag and sh- everything. You're just, you just getting through the gate. No, no, no.
0: Including check bag. But like those didn't take a long time. Like okay. the check bag and like getting through the, the security did not take a long time. The meat of that two hours was custom. I didn't clear customs until like 7 or 7.10. Jesus. Yeah. So it was, oh, sorry, no, eight or eight ten. What am I saying? Cause I got there five 50. The flight was at eight 30. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, it was like two hours and this was, and I was then in that moment, I was like, okay, I am so happy. I planned to leave as early as I did because otherwise I would have missed my flight. It would have been really bad. Like there was people in line, you know, they were stressing. There was this one girl. She was like, listen, I'm so sorry. Can I please go ahead? Of you? I have a flight to LA, you know, at leaves at eight. It was like, there was 15 minutes left till the flight was leaving. And we were still trying to clear cousin. You know, it was good though. She's cute. I talked to her. But um, <laughs> so there we go. Another unplanned thing. Ultimately what happened was, like, I was like, I ended up landing. And then what I didn't know was that, okay, now I got to help my cousin move. So now it's like we rented a car and we went ahead and we were just moving boxes for the rest of the day. I'm exhausted. And then what do we do? Oh shit. We got an invite to like three different parties. Okay. Like let's just start out one and let's see where the rest go. So we ended up like hopping from one place to another. We didn't get back until four in the morning. I didn't plan to be awake for 24 hours straight, you know, but it just kind of happened. I went with the flow. So that was like a mix of me trying to plan. And that was like an example of me trying to plan. But again, sets up an expectation. And then if I was really emotional about it, I would have been disappointed. I would have been like, ah, fuck, I was hoping to sleep. I was hoping to do this. But nah, man, like you don't know what you're going to get yourself into. So my philosophy, I've been trying to like move away from planning something and making sure something goes the way I want it to go. And instead giving myself kind of like a, a range, of possibilities mm. that I'm comfortable with happening, and that range can be as wide or, or as as narrow as you want it to be. But I usually find that that gives me an open net for opportunities, and um, it generally leads me a less stressful life. I don't know if you feel the same.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I guess just to close off this topic too, like it it kind of reminds me of a book that i actually didn't finish i, I got through half of it but it, uh, <laughs> it it covered this point like one of the first chapters which is this idea um so i think it's called um actually wait i have it right here it's called how are you measure your life it's it's by a harvard <laughs> prof and it basically talks about um like you know it's it's like one of the Fucking fifty thousand books out there about like, oh, like this is how you should like achieve optimal happiness. One of the things they always covers is this idea of having a goal and then having a stretch goal. So, like, I guess what Ari would be saying is like, if you want to go to New York, your goal has to at bare minimum be, I need to have enough money to get the plane ticket for the trip, and I need to have enough money and responsibility to get to the airport at a decent amount of time so I can do this thing. But the stretch goal is like. What do you want to have achieve on this trip, and like how you kind of achieve those things? You might be a little bit more flexible to them, and that actually opens up other opportunities. But talking about the airport, I do. Want to, you know, I'm. I have I have traveled a decent amount in the past couple of years, and man, like honestly, airport experiences are such a mixed bag. You really never know what you're getting yourself into. Like I find, like I'll have three really negative airport experiences in a row, and then I'll go into the airport thinking like this is going to be a shit show, and then it ends up being awesome. And then some other times, it, it, you think it's going to be great, and it ends up being awful. I have a few stories about this, so like maybe we can spend some time talking about like some like airport stories specifically. So I remember, you know, I'm customs. You know, I'm I, I am a part of the token minority. So, I don't get stopped as much as our friends uh, Ari and Delapo. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, bro. Like the- <laughs> I have I have traveled with other people and I've been the only one that wasn't stopped. <laughs> but like for uh, like for example, I went to um Vietnam with a two Canadians actually. But one of them was Colombian and the other one was of Indian descent. Both of them were searched. I was not. <laughs> so that's one of those things, right? Um, but man, like I have had a few experiences where I was searched and it was just a very awkward experience because I guess the whole thing behind it was like, <laughs> I, I I guess I just, I understand they're doing their job, but I always feel like they, I don't know if it's just me, but like I feel like they want to find something. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, you're doing your job but it feels like you're actually just purposely trying to find something to like kind of like get me in trouble so my my example would be when i came back from exchange i um i went to china for a, a week or two and when i came back to canada so i flew from china to canada um when i was moving past uh it's it's past customs when they do the search, right? Where you get your bag. No, it is at customs. No, it's before.
0: It's before. It's before. so you, yeah, It's right you, before pass, you pass you security and then you go in line for customs.
1: Yeah. So at security, I'm I'm moving with my bag, but I didn't even make it to the main security panel. Like I don't know if you remember at Pearson, there's this one hallway you go down uh, for international flights, and then they'll separate you to go to like security, and then another line. They might just pull you off to like do mm-hmm. a search, and that's when you get like a full bag search. So I'm walking and this lovely customs lady or a security officer was like, hey, can you come over here? I'm like, cool. Um, move over there. And uh, I'll explain one of the reasons why I was extra frustrated during this circumstance. So I go in, she has my bag in front of me and she's like, is there something you want to tell me before I get started? So again, this is my first time like, actually going through a search of this level. So I'm like, okay. I was like, no. And then she was like, okay, did you purchase anything? I was like, yeah, I got a bottle of this at the duty-free. She was like, okay, cool. Did you buy anything else? I was like, no. Um, So she opens my bag. And um, every time I go back to China, my mom always gets my family to buy these silk sheets and I bring it back. And she's like, okay, so what about these? Did you buy these in China? I'm like, yes. And she's like, so why didn't you tell me you bought anything? First of all, I looked into this. This is illegal. They're not supposed to fucking ask you what else you buy. Like that's not at the airport. Like that literally makes zero sense. <laughs> like, um, yeah. so she's like, why didn't you tell me you bought this? And I'm like, oh, sorry. Cause I didn't know. Like I, I thought I was like, oh, I guess I, I guess you're supposed to just tell the security person everything you bought in China. I bought like food last night. You know, I went grocery shopping two days ago. Yeah, there's you know, there's still like, there's a there's a dump in my bladder right now. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> if you want, I'll deliver that to you right now.
1: Anyway, this ladies are searching through all my shit and then she doesn't like find anything, right? And then she sees like this little bag, which is like, um. I was in Singapore before I went back to China and uh, I have a cousin in Singapore and sorry, not a cousin. I guess she's my aunt. She's my dad's niece. Okay. Your dad's Is that my niece? aunt? Your dad's
0: niece. No, that wouldn't be your aunt.
1: That would be my cousin?
0: No. Well, it could be like a second cousin. How does that work yeah like what is a second cousin i feel like it could be a second cousin or okay. just your dad's cousin. Your dad's niece or your dad's niece
1: yeah so anyway cousin <laughs> second cousin doesn't really matter anyway this lady is oh, yeah, no, giving no, no. me out. your dad's niece it's is my your
0: cousin. cousin yeah,
1: it's yeah my cousin. it is your cousin yeah, yeah, yeah. okay sorry, sorry. so I'm, I'm tripping um basically like you know um She's giving me a hard time, like that's that's kind of the basis of what's happening over here, and she's just looking for things. She's like, kind of, caught like she's the whole time. She's like, oh, you didn't tell me you bought this either. You didn't tell me you bought this either. You didn't tell me you bought this, and I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. I'm just taking it on the chin, and yeah. then she stumbles upon this bag, which is um like this bag that my 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 cousin um wanted to gift to my dad, which included like this like coffee from uh, Singapore, and also included um these, uh, dried pork floss, dried like pork jerky, which like is really popular in Asia. Now, first of all, I didn't know what was in this bag because she told me not to open it and she told me to give it to my dad. And I'm like, okay, cool. And again, if you guys know, you can't bring things like that overseas just because, well, actually, I don't know if you couldn't.
0: Yeah. You can't bring it overseas. Yeah. Like there's a list of things you can, and there's a list of things you can't. And the reason being is, um, is like harmful to the agriculture in the country or or whatnot because yeah. it's just unregulated. So they they prevent. It. I didn't know coffee was prohibited though. You Co- coffee, coffee isn't.
1: Coffee isn't. It's a it's okay. a pork. It's the dried pork jerky. So it was the dried pork jerky. She looks at it and bro, <laughs> she just like. And here's the thing: you could tell like she was pretty happy about this because she just looked at me. She's <laughs> like, "Now we have a problem." <laughs> like, <laughs> Now we have a problem. So she starts telling me, she's like, You're smart, aren't you? And I'm like, um, I guess. She's like, you want on, she was like, you want our exchange? I'm like, yeah. She's like, what university did you go to? And I'm like, I went to the University of Ottawa. And she's like, so you wouldn't know this uh, bill that was passed through Congress. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I do not know of this bill. And then she's like, oh, well, you should because you're from Ottawa. And I'm like, um, (laughs) okay. I don't go to
0: parliament for fun.
1: (laughs) Okay. Like, okay. Anyway, like that, that whole statement was just stupid. But like, and then she started, she starts going in on me about how like this new bill was passed about how like animal products can't be transported like internationally And she's like, "Oh, like this could cause the downfall of our agricultural system. There could be like a bug in this thing. (laughs) Like you and I know you you just meant good intentions, but like your good intentions (laughs) could be like the downfall of this industry." (laughs) I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) bro." And she's like, "So what do you think we should do?" And I'm like, "I literally have no idea. Like I I didn't know this was a crime. I didn't know how serious this is." I'm (laughs) like. I'm like, I'm like, I'm very sorry, but like, I'm not sure. Like, I just don't know. And she's like, you know what? I'm feeling very nice today. So I'm going to let you off with a warning, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to confiscate this. Like you're smarter than this. You go to university, like, like smarten up, get your life on track. I'm like, okay. And here's the thing. And here's the thing, right? I just knew like she wanted to just shoot me out so I could get like I could get past, but I was very cheesed because there was this white lady behind me and she legit had, bro, she legit bought like I think three different bottles of liquor at three different duty freeze because she was traveling to different cities in the US, which is actually illegal. Like you literally just can't carry that amount. The yeah. fucking officer let her go. And I was huh. like, bro. I didn't. First of all, I didn't even. First, I didn't even know this was in my bag. You're, you're you're like chewing me out for forty minutes, and then like that lady left before me, and she came like fucking twenty minutes after I came. But man, all this to say, like I, I didn't get culturally appropriated that many times. That one time I did, it was a it was an awful experience. <laughs> no man, you, if I were you, I would be like,
0: "What do you want to do with this?" I'd be like, "Can I just eat it now?" <laughs> just, just, I don't want it just, to go to waste. Just all of it. <laughs> just all of it. Just living okay, like if I consume it, you know, the worst case that worst case, like I'm the one who dies. Nothing else happens. <laughs>
1: no bro she, she'll be telling you you're, you're harboring a bioweapon at that point <laughs> then, they like just,
0: then they're going to shoot you bro actually it's over after yeah that. it's done, it's done <laughs> you did. man no the airport's always an interesting experience man like and it's not just like here in Canada right like I didn't have told you this story but I went to a, when I went to Morocco last year I um shout out Opa he loves this story <laughs> When I was, shout out black chains uh, go check out his new, uh, his new project by the way we're going to link it down below again. Um, so, yeah, when I went to Morocco, I uh, I flew in from Spain, and I was traveling with um, three other people. And I, like, you know, I, okay, I don't want to make it about race, right? But I'm just, like, giving you the details. So these two other people were all white, okay? It was two white girls and a white dude, all right? And not only are they, like, white, they're, like, Canadian white. You know, like one of them is like European white, like, you know, born, like, you know, Whitby, you know, and then the other two are like French, like Quebecois, you know, mm-hmm. so um, we get there, you know, and we get off the plane and we're about to, now we have to clear customs before we can get into the country. We're in Marrakesh and, you know, all three of them without a second thought, you know, like it took them literally maybe like 10 seconds to like get through and go. And they were waiting for me. <laughs> I'm the last person, you know, like I go to the guy, i say, hi, like, how you doing? Uh, he looks, you know, down on my name, he looks at me. He looks down on my name, and he looks at me. He takes one more look at my name. He's like, your name, where is it from? I was like, <laughs> what? He's like, your dad, where is he from? I was like, he's Iranian. <laughs> He's Iranian. Stand over there. <laughs> he points like somewhere like, on the opposite side. He's like, stand over there. I was, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I walk, I'm waiting there. He, he comes over, um, starts so asking him a bunch of questions, like, what are you doing here? Like, how long are you going to be here for? Like, what do you want? Like, when was the last time you went to Iran? Bro, I haven't been to Iran since, like, the eighth grade. And this guy's like, him, he's grilling me, bro. He's grilling me. And here's the thing, is I... I I kinda of see this coming usually. Um, just so you know, people are, are aware. Maybe I shouldn't say it, but you know, fuck it, it was just on the podcast. But I'm an Iranian citizen. I have a birth certificate and a passport to Iran. But you know what? I would I I never, ever advertise that when I get on flights, like when I go on a plane, <laughs> as, when I, when I'm try, as I should, when I'm trying to like go travel for my exchange application. They're like, list all your citizenships. I was like, hell no. <laughs> there's, there's no way I'm doing this. Bro, this guy looked at my name just by the name. This guy gave me a hard time. Imagine he was like, you're a citizen, too? Fuck, no. So it doesn't work like that. But anyways, he just went, he asked me a bunch of stupid questions. They took a photo of me. They took like three photos of me. He's like, uh, face forward, face sideways. And he's like, look up. I was like, what the fuck? This is the fucking, he's taking fucking mugshots of with me. Um, <laughs> and eventually they let me go. My friends are just waiting. Like, what the hell took so long? I was like, i right. You wouldn't get it. It's okay. It's like, don't Typical about shit. <laughs> Typical <laughs> shit. I was kind yeah. of expecting it. But, man, like, yeah, no, the airport's – uh, a, it can be a bitch and a half. I feel like not everyone sh- shares that that experience, right? Like, you actually have to go through shit like this to, like, think that way. Um, but, yeah, man, it, the airport was – at least this airport trip, they didn't give me no hard time. It was just, like, it was just too busy, man. It was yeah. just a lot happening
1: in that airport. Yeah. You know what it is? It's just like, you know, like, I always like, okay, so first of all, I think like this whole idea of like, oh, like racism, like shouldn't exist, like, it does, you know, and I feel like it, it like, it just comes from a place of not understanding. And like, it just happens. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like a lot of times it's taken to offense. Like, for example, every time I go back to China now, I almost always get searched. Like, that was the first time I've ever been searched in Canada. Um, but that's just because you know like I don't know like it was probably my time I guess but every single time I go back to China I get searched it's always me plus like an Indian guy me plus a black guy <laughs> like me plus like an Iranian guy it's always oh my like, gosh. like
0: you me and D going to China is like we're gonna have the hardest it's, time <laughs>
1: it's it's gonna be awful but here's the thing uh, when I'm going when I go to China I always when I go up to the person who searches my bag I start speaking Mandarin and he never just like searches my bag like carefully and I look over <laughs> like the black guy that flew from like the Toronto and like all his shit is on the ground. <laughs> like I looking through every, bro, I still remember Great. this fucking like Chinese uh, what's was a god security officer was turning out of his turning out his socks <laughs> in his bag, <laughs> like just looking for that shit. I was like, bro. Uh,
0: but do they check? Man, the, do they check the? You know how like the inside the suitcase there's like a little zip, and then like there's like a little it's like a sleeve. You know, like at the very bottom. I, I feel like do they, they will check that? if
1: if they really want to check your shit, they will. Um, But yeah, like, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta kind of like be, you know, just like smart, just be smart. Like, like, you know, like, don't do some dumb shit. Yeah. Like if we're going to China, bro, we're not going to like try to sneak some shit there. It's just like not worth it at that point. Like, (laughs) Uh, it's funny. I was actually considering doing that for,
0: um, for New New York. York? (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to take my uh, my weed pen with me. Shit's <laughs> legal just like, here.
1: You can literally just, isn't it? Wait, is it, it not is, legal in the stairs? It's not work?
0: legal to sell. It's legal to consume. So it's funny enough, actually. So I was yesterday. No, it was Saturday. I was, Wait, um, really? I, yeah, I was taking a break um so like you can like if you have a medical license you can, uh, sorry if you have a medical card you can, you can get it um oh, but shit. it is not legal to just like sell openly but it is legal to possess and to consume it's decriminalized so um yeah i was just chilling out like on the stoop i was having a smoke i was just like i was on the phone with the ola actually <laughs> and uh we were we were talking we were facetiming and then uh, some dude bikes up he's like yo you smoke loud i was like yeah (laughs) i couldn't hear him properly right i had my headphones i was like i don't have any i'm sorry man he's like no 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 no. no. i got some you want some (laughs) i was like oh shit okay like let me see what this guy got i was like i don't have no cash in he's i broke take my number and like hit me up later i was like oh okay cool like the plugs literally just find you Uh, huh. but yeah, no, when I was uh when I was like packing up, I was like considering like oh fuck, like I just want to bring that like pen with me, you know, just in case. And I was like, no, you know what, I'm just not gonna do anything stupid. Like that's the thing, right? Is like if you're smart, just don't do stupid shit. That's
1: it. It it just don't do shit, like just do a risk and reward analysis. And if it's not if it's like the the reward is you can have a a couple of great nights and the risk is you're gonna go to jail. Just don't take it. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. You know what I no, mean. No, like I, I didn't even give anything up. Look, like I got here literally not even twenty four hours, and like I was Fox. like, yeah, someone came through and saw me. So, bro, um, I, no, we, we got the plugs. The plugs are live in New York, bro. They're wait, they're waiting for you to arrive.
1: Damn. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he means the plug for um uh, for like garden weeds because we want to make a salad. You know.
0: Oh. And I am gonna say this. I am gonna say this. All right. But we've been smoking Canadian shit for a while, right? For yeah. for pretty much like our whole lives. All okay? right. Just a little bit of whatever they had in New York. I don't think it's a fucking competition, bro. Like uh, this New York you're shit definitely is tripping, bro. You're tripping. Bro, you're okay. Tripping, come bro. through and check it out yourself, man. But I, I, and here's the thing is like, I've had heavy amounts like in Canada. Like we've had this, we've gone to dispensaries like, most parts of Ontario, right? And this was like, I didn't even have that much. That's the craziest mm-hmm. thing. Listen, I didn't me,
1: have that again, much. We're not getting into this right now, Aria. Like, we're, not like, 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 this, like, we're not getting I'm into this, but I'm just saying this,
0: I'm putting this out there that this is my opinion so far. Um, so take it, take it, take it
1: as you wish. I mean, be. again, I, I th- this is why I tell my Tinder um, matches as well. I'm a visual learner, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to experience this to to really be able to, what's the word, uh, validate your claims. You shall, um, man. You shall. But yeah. <laughs> you, you know, know, you know why? It's because like last night, like
0: I rolled a spliff and like I smoked it with my cousin's fiance and then, you know, it didn't like hit immediately, immediately, you know, like we were talking and then my instinct is like, oh, like another one. Right. Like this yeah. is what we do. We're like instinct is like, Oh, because it was like small, you know, you didn't have the king size roll, So it's like, what do you do? If you were having a smoke, like you'd roll another one, yeah. probably like two yeah. more, right? Man, I finished rolling my second one. And I was like, I don't even know if I can like smoke this. Like, this is like, bro. I'm, it's just, it, and again, like right this <laughs> is why I can't validate
1: this claim. There's just, there's just too many factors that are unknown. It's like, number one, were you drinking? Number two, was that no, your I first was, smoke it, of how many days? Um, were you on an empty stomach? There's a there's a multitude of we factors. We had just had you know? Indian
0: food, we had just had Indian food, we had just ate. Mm. I wasn't drinking, I wasn't drinking at all. I had the last I had smoked was Friday, that was the last I smoked, so it had only been a okay, day. So it's,
1: been, it's been a couple of days. Is, no, no, shut the fuck up, bro. What do you mean a couple of days? What do you mean a couple days? Yeah, what well, uh... I. Okay, and bro, another thing Friday too is night, when you switch yeah. when you switch to when you switch the mechanism, it does, it does reset your tolerance in a way. Like, even if you smoke out of a Friday. bong, even if you smoke, smoke out of oh, Friday. okay, you know what? Like, whatever, Aria. Like, bro, I'll be the judge I'm of that. I'll be the judge of that. I'll be the judge of that. I'll be the judge of that, bro. I'm
0: telling you. I'm, I'm man. just putting it out there for the world to hear.
1: Okay, and here's the other thing why I'm like, this is definitely a BS comment, bro. Never have I ever <laughs> in my life heard of Yo, that that NYC Kush, that shit slaps. It's never. Wait, what do you say There's though? It's no never ne- NYC. Chill. It's like, oh, Dude, right. You th- never that co- been to
0: NYC. What do you mean,
1: <laughs> bro? It, no one ever says that. No one. I've never heard that statement in my life. It's like, oh, that Cali shit. Oh, that Vancouver shit. You know, like that's that's, what, that's, what that's the that, shit that's, that's,
0: just, that's what they're known for. But I ha- there's no way that you've never heard that. Like and why dude, I'm telling slap. you,
1: there's you know, you know why I'm also like a proponent listen. As all of our oh, listeners so- know, we're degenerates, but like we all like have like fucking like full time good jobs too. You know, this is mm-hmm. a common business principle. A good market has multiple competitors. If there's no legalized competitor, it naturally makes the overall quality of the supply not as good. In Canada, as much as you want to hit on dispensaries, dispensary quality stuff is also always really good and actually increases the overall quality of everything on the market. This is like just a generalized business principle. More competition creates a higher quality product. Like us Canadians, we've been embracing this shit, bro. This is only like, tell me if I'm wrong, but this is really only a West Coast thing in the US like that that they're really on that culture. It's coming to the East Coast, but like it hasn't had that deep of roots a couple tips
0: on that first of all like with, with this like just because it's legalized doesn't mean like the competition is automatically a lot higher if anything i actually believe that the competition is lower since legalization because things have to be regulated things have to be regulated you have to apply you have to get approved so on so forth when it comes to street dealers man there is is all black market there's no limit as many entrants as you want if you can get it, you can get it. You don't know, all right? The sky's the limit, and that's what's happening. Where do you think the dudes in New York get their kush from? If I can get really that shit from Cali, yeah. we don't we don't get Cali shit in fucking Ontario because you, it's hard to take that over the border. You can't, you can't.
1: But there are no borders here. It's are you, from are you Cali really telling me York. though? Are you really telling me though that like you know you like know what? regulation decreases it. quality? Cause like that, I that, I that think doesn't so. make sense to me. Because it's like you're telling me a person being like, okay, well, for things to be considered legalized, you have to have a certain square footage. Per square footage, you need to have a certain supply of water. Every supply of water, you should have a certain supply of this. That just regulates quality, bro. Like, bro, like come okay. on. Okay. Like, so a couple, listen, notes. I, I a couple love, notes. I love my plugs, but like, let's be honest, like a couple notes. Okay. I,
0: a couple notes. I said that the regulation decreases is competition. Okay.
1: Yeah. You said No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, because the black market still exists. Like it does not decrease competition overall. No, like barely anyone's using it no more anymore.
0: Like, okay, like it still exists, but it has been drastically damaged, right? And you can't like you can try and deny that if you want, but I I fundamentally disagree. But anyway, the black market
1: specifically has, you're right. But like the overall the overall market has gone bigger. I'm saying no, I don't think so.
0: Well, you, I, I think wait, it you, seems you, that way. I think it you, seems that way. More people consume. More people consume. You are right. But I'm saying as suppliers, when it's regulated, more people are consuming because it's regulated. So more people are only buying from regulated vendors. And that, that number is very low. Okay. Well, that's one. That's one. You, you're the one trying to make the, okay. the connection between that and the quality. I think actually that when it's when it's regulated, when you have so when it's oversized, there's a lot, a lot of people. It's harder to get good quality, right? Because then at that point, everybody's just selling almost the same shit.
1: Let me ask you this: What do you think is going to be better quality—ten small-scale farms or one mega farm? I don't think it's like that flat of an answer, though. I, don't I think is that it black is black and white. I think it is because, okay, you you know what, like, like if I'm going, like, let's, let's take the liquor business as an example. Okay. Why Mm -hmm. is it that home brewing will never be as good as like, let's say like a legit brewing manufacturer if they wanted to put out the same quality, because we're not talking about, you know, Bud Light putting out Bud Light lager. If Bud Light wanted to put out a really good IPA and you wanted to put out a very good IPA, Bud Light's going to put out a better IPA. Because their facility just facilitates better quality things, better equipment, better regulation, more staff, etc., etc., etc. It's the same thing with the growing operation. Like if you were to take the marijuana market, right? There are large grow farms, even when things were illegal, but these have to be set up in a way that accounts for. It's illegal. It has to be easy to take down. Like, again, I don't know the actual logistics of this, but I would assume it has to be pretty easy to take down. It has to be set in a way that's a little bit more mobile or it just has to be a little bit more low-key But now, it doesn't have to be that way. Not only do these farms allow for outside investment, they can invest in as much fancy equipment as they need. They don't need to hide it. And that equipment, in my opinion, will just allow for better brewing, like on the – better growing. Like on the brewing method, we all know a larger cylinder is just going to have a more consistent quality than a smaller cylinder that you can have at home. Like when you're just boiling hops, right? It's going to be better when you use an industrial size cylinder because the temperature is more regulated. It's just you can't achieve the same quality with a home brewing okay. And I would say the same thing would happen for this market as well because of the regulation. You don't have to hide more investment, more investment, better equipment, better quality.
0: So you're saying that the big farm is going to produce better quality than the bunch of little farms?
1: I think first of all, that's undeniable. And I would say if there were equal size farms in the illegal market and the legal market, the legal market farm will be still better because they don't have to hide their thing. They don't have to set their farm up in a way to quote unquote hide these sort of things.
0: I think it is deniable to a certain extent because the larger your operation, the more control points you require and the more quality control you require. That's more management, all right? Ultimately, when you mass produce things, you do sacrifice quality on a a little bit because you have to create a consistent product. You have to make sure everything's automated and that requires less human attention and that requires more errors that pop up. It is harder to control the quality of a mass production system than it is to do individual systems. Now, if you you hire enough people, sure. Like you can maybe get there. But at the end of the day, at a very baseline level, I think that if you have a smaller operation, it's easier and honestly more reasonable to achieve a higher level of quality control than it is to achieve it on a mass scale. You're right. You do get more consistent results on mass scale because all your processes are automated. But your control in each one of those points across the system, across the production point, your control in each of those points is lowered because you don't have the time to, and you don't have the the capability to pay close attention to every single point. You have to create a system and you have to trust it. And ultimately systems are flawed. So that's my two cents. That's why I say like it is harder to control quality. It's harder to like really say definitively like, oh, it's no discussion that, you know, a large scale operation is going to produce better quality every single time.
1: And but that's why has, like,
0: but I'm thinking that the th- whole regulation that's happening right now is producing l- not – okay. And here's the thing. I don't think like the dispensary shit is low quality. I'm thinking like also for the money I get, it's right? Like hard. I grabbed two A's from this guy, right? And it came out to like 40 bucks, right? So – oh, sorry. No. It didn't, one eight, one came out to about no, – no. one eighth came out to about 40 bucks. That's 3.5. That's a half Q. Okay. So a Q – That's not good. What do you mean that's not good? Forty bucks for, for 3. a dealer? 5? Yeah, yeah, that's not good at all. It's good shit. If you go to a dealer,
1: dude, I uh, my dealer used to give me good shit too. Like, I'm a Q would be less than forty bucks.
0: Okay, well then I don't think it was good shit, bro. Like I'm honestly telling you right now,
1: I, <laughs> I'm telling you right
0: now, bro. You haven't tried this yet, and you're saying this. Uh,
1: okay, listen, but bro. I, I'm sorry, there's never you gonna be a time where you can convince me. I'm getting 3.5, 2.5? 3.5. 3.5. 3, 3.5. You, 3.5 for $40 USD. That's there's no way you're telling me that's a good price.
0: Okay, forget about the USD like C A D thing, because whoever's here is just spending in their own money, anyways. But yep. comparatively, you look at our dispensaries, right? You're not getting anything less than 40 bucks for a half queue. You're not getting anything less than 40 bucks for a half queue. And that's for their bottom shelf shit. So like, once you start getting up in quality, you're going to have to pay a lot more from the dispensary, man. Like, you know it. You know like, what? Like, that should cost a lot of money. But here is, like, you're able to get that on the street. The quality, since it's not regulated, street dealers are going to be able to kind of give that out. Also, okay. You know um, what?
1: Like, we're just glad we're that getting, there are. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just glad.
1: Yeah, I'm just glad that there are dealers and just whatever ways to, you know, get whatever you need to get. But yes, as Arya said, we are coming close to an hour. Um, yep. So let us do our little community highlights. Yes, sir. Do you want to go first? Oh, uh, shoot. I really need a pee, bro. Give me one sec. I'm going to just think about... Um, okay, I will. I will begin. I will begin.
0: So I want to shout out a show that I started okay. watching. It's called How to Sell Drugs Online. Um, it's on Netflix. Have you seen it? I,
1: I've seen a couple of episodes, but I couldn't really get into it at that time. It's
0: so it's German. Um, it's like completely in German, and uh, they have subtitles. But basically, it's about this guy whose girlfriend broke up with him. Um, you know, she 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 went on exchange. You know, she had some experiences, and then he got really jealous, and he creates a business out of it. Uh, really good so far. We'll link that. Uh, I have a few songs, um, just songs that I've been listening to recently. Um, Not necessarily new, but um, Skepta, J Hus, What Do You Mean? Um, That's just a track that's been on repeat with me for a while. Um, Down to Mars uh, has a song called The Loneliest Number. They use like a talk box um and it's it's really interesting i love the talk box so for those of you don't know a talk box is just basically like a tube attached to uh an amp um attached to whether it be like a, a keyboard or um a synthesizer and you put the you put the tube in your mouth and you play the tu- you play the music and you know you mouth the the song or, or like the lyrics or whatever so you don't actually like sing but you mouth it and then your mouth shape intones the actual word coming out of it um so it's really cool it just sounds really techno it sounds really awesome and then uh, my last recommendation it would be uh, a song it's like high-tech common uh vinya mojica i i, re- I there was a, this was an album um and I, I think i suggested a song earlier but the sun god is the new
1: song that i want to suggest so luke all yours nice nice um so i'm gonna give two quick shout outs first one um like you guys know this um shout out to our, our other homie ola who is supposed to be on this episode today but um this is an artist that me and ola loved uh dearly and he has finally fucking released a project after god knows how it's many years i think go. three or four years isaiah rashad the house is burning um I'll be real with you, you know, like this project, I really liked it, but uh, I am an Isaiah Rashad fan. Uh, As time has gone gone on, I've kind of moved away a little bit from quote unquote indie rap and this style of rap and revisiting it is giving me a lot of nostalgic vibes. And it's kind of like made me realize how my music tastes have changed over time, but also how I still really like this stuff. So. If you're a Mick Jenkins fan, if you like Isaiah Rashad, like you're going to love this album, but here's the thing. There's no reason for me to say this because you probably are, have already listened to it. Um, but if you're if you're interested in just exploring maybe a different type of rap, give it a listen. The Uzi track is pretty hard. I like the Smino track as well. Um, but yeah, the overall product is pretty good. Um, once again, I think I've already given this a shout-out, but I ended up finishing the first arc this past week. I want to give Chainsaw Man the manga another shout-out. It's a very 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 weird manga it is like an anti-manga in the sense that it kind of like fucks with every single trope but also plays within it um and an anime is coming out like in a couple of i think in 2022 and it's being headed by a really great animation studio um i want to give a quick forward because you know one of the reasons why i keep giving shout outs for anime and manga even though our audience maybe doesn't really fuck with this type of shit is because if you guys actually like know the manga and anime studio um, industry in Japan, it's kind of a industry that's built purely on passion. Like people who go into animation and people who go into manga, they don't make money. Like even if you're like someone who writes crazy shonen stuff like Naruto and like One Piece, you're never going to make as much as like, for example, the writer of an equivalent big show in North America, like Game of Thrones or anything like that. And these are shows that, you know, like if you watch statistically have more than a billion hours of total watch time, read time, et cetera. And these people don't get compensated for it. So it's to me like a a style of art and a a medium of literature that's just full of passion, full of love. And it's just full of people who are really, really proud and they really like what they do. So I kind of want to, you know, just give a quick shout out to them. I'm going to keep plugging shit like this. So give it a read. Um, But yeah. And uh, no D today, so you know, no no Nigerian music recommendation for you guys. No Nigerian
0: music. Next week, we'll we'll hop on in next week. But um cool. I'm getting ushered actually to to go for lunch, so we're gonna cut it off. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for for tuning in to yet another episode of the Three Wise Guys Podcast. It's been your boy Aria I'm here with Luke, and it's just us two today. We love you. And until next time, one love.
1: One love.